you can tell from that introduction we do not have our new intro music but fear not everyone it is on the way and with all things it will be worth the wait but hopefully you have noticed that our new image is up for the podcast and it is by the brilliant Scottish illustrator and print designer Claudia Veneroni and you can find Claudia on um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and her website is claudiaveneroni.wixsite.com. So yeah, the image is amazing. It was based on one of the photographs that we had done by the brilliant at Sidi Clark Photography um, back in April of last year. So today's episode, guys, is with the truly wonderful Shauna McDonald. Um, as I said last week, I could have spent so much longer talking to Shauna and what's been really lovely is re-listening to this episode is how inspiring um, I've found it and just how inspiring I've found Shauna in general life. I think she is amazing and um, I wish her the most wonderful 2020. Shauna is about to start, well she's actually in rehearsals right now for Mouthpiece which is going on an international tour. Um, Her and Angus Taylor um, and it is directed um, by Orla O'Loughlin. So you can check that out. Um, I believe they are definitely going to Oz and all over the place. So if you are about, grab a ticket and go and see two outstanding performers. And in particular, Shauna. Shauna's performance, I think, is absolutely brilliant. Anyway, as always, you can follow us on all social media. You know the drill by now, guys. Twitter at Persistent Nasty. Instagram at Persistent and Nasty and Facebook Persistent and Nasty. We do absolutely love hearing from all of you, so please keep all those tweets, DMs, get on. Come on, you know you want to slide into our DMs. Let us know your thoughts um, for this episode and any other things that you want to tell us about. So, a um, couple of things about this episode. I recorded this in um, Shauna's kitchen. And her cat and dog were part of the <laughs> were part of the interview. So you might hear the occasional barking, and there is a couple of points where we had to stop to let um, Bear out. Um, yeah, he is the most gorgeous jo- dog. If you get on Shauna's Instagram, which we will link in the description of the episode, uh, you can see his gorgeous wee face. Um, well, actually, big face because he's a big dog. Anyway, Shauna and I were having a cup of tea in a wee scone as we recorded this, so I suggest that all of you do the same. Get yourself a wee cup of tea, sit back, and as always, guys, enjoy. Hi, and welcome to another Persistent and Nasty podcast. Today we have award-winning theatre actress, film actress, television actress, Shauna McDonald. Hi, Shauna. <laughs> Hi there. Award-winning, yes, I am. It's very exciting. You are. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for being part of our Persistent and Nasty podcast. We are so excited to have you. Um, so we'll just start with uh, just your career beginnings of where you're up to now and then we can get into the get into the nuts nitty, and bolts yeah the nitty gritty of it all okay well when I was a kid I was really shy and I had a lisp so that was a good start being an actor and <laughs> so I didn't like to talk because I sounded really funny 
and I would hide behind my big sister a lot in these sort of social situations. So my mum got a hold of this and made me go to various groups that were fairly unsuccessful at the beginning and then I joined an amazing youth theatre. It was Brunton Youth Theatre but they had co-productions with <laughs> Pace Youth Theatre which is an amazing youth yeah. yeah. So Barry Gilbert and David Wallace ran it at that time and we, um, we were there at the same time as like that's my cat you you might hear my dog and my cat at points <laughs> the cat just jumped on the table so we were there at the same time as James McAvoy who became a good pal and I think Paolo Natini was there at some point anyway they had lots of creative young people wanting to well didn't actually really know that that's what they wanted to do but they were so energetic and inspiring and fun and we just had like the best few years going to this youth theatre and we'd go through to Paisley every weekend and we put on amazing shows and we were treated like actors. Mm. Um, it wasn't a stage school, it was trying to teach kids how to be creative and confident and working with their peers to devise and just really pushing our little minds as far as they could and it was totally mind-blowing so when it came to choosing subjects to study I did do the whole maybe I'll do social science because my grades weren't good enough to probably pacify me with maybe if I could have gotten in to do English and sort of surrounded myself mm. with stories I would have sort of pretended that I didn't want to be an actor but luckily my <laughs> grades were rubbish so <laughs> So it's like, well, yes, all I can do is act. So I auditioned for uh, Queen Margaret. Did a terrible audition. They didn't want to see my second piece, and it was really bad. And I then had I sort to of see my first did you? QM. It was my first audition. It came was awful. Oh. I wanted to die. To die in the room. Oh, it was awful. They were like, thanks. Next, it was really bad. And I did a David Harrow, I did Knives and Hens, and it's very quirky, that piece anyway, and it was just not right for me. Anyway, I refocused, chose different pieces, got into the academy, and it that little brown envelope coming in, and I remember opening it in my room, and just, it was like opening the door into, um, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, when she opens mm -hmm. the door and everything's in colour. Mm. I, I was like, oh, my life is going to, it's so exciting. So, um... I used to clean. I had a company called Handy Helpers, a company, not really a company, me and my sister, Handy Helpers, really? no, no job too small was our tagline. And one of the guys we used to clean for um, was the brother of an agent in Glasgow called Anne Coulter, yeah. who's still practicing. And my mum said, write to Anne and just put John down as a character reference. <laughs> so I did and she took me in this when I was 16 mm -hmm. and she went okay um look I tell you what I'll keep you on for adverts and things and we'll see how it goes she had no idea if I could do anything and then you know we I got a part in the debt collector and that was actually through the youth theatre but it kind of proved to her that I could act and I got into drama college and she represented me throughout my whole time at drama college and I I got my first big break when I was 19 in something called The Rocket Post, where I played the, the lead part. I took time out of college to go to the Outer Hebrides for two months to shoot this movie with Ulrich Thompson and Eddie Marsan and um, Kevin McKidd. And I thought, right, now my life is definitely going to change. <laughs> and it didn't. And I went back and finished my third year, which I, I thought was really important to me. But that film was a wee bit cursed and didn't get a release for five years. The wow, director passed years. away. It was really, it was a magical time for everyone to um, be part of, but it just 
kind of it was a really good teaching in how you should uh, conduct yourself as an actor you should turn up on set do the best you can and forget about it mm -hmm. because you just have no control over the edit and you've got no control over things like releases and yeah. so when it came to graduating my agent did a very kind thing and I was doing really good work with her and she got me into really great my dog's sniffing your nose you're doing very well at ignoring that and my cat's eating your scone okay. <laughs> Did I'm just going to move my scone <laughs> I'm just going to put it in my mouth and I'll let you keep talking sorry bear you're not getting any of it and um so I moved to London and my agent said I know you want to move to London and I don't have as many contacts as a London agent I know this amazing agent called Ruth Young and I think you should go with her. And for any actor who's experienced trying to change agents, that is not how it goes. No. And I did meet other people after the DIP show, the diploma show, and I went ICM, I met with ICM and Conway Van Gelder. But Ruth Young was with PFD, now United Agents. And uh, she was amazing and it was a no-brainer. And uh, so she took me on and then Spooks followed and Spooks was uh, various, I'm sort of cutting over a lot of things. Spooks followed, which was a I'm sorry, real... you're also trying to, the cat is going for the scones. The cat's going for the scones. You guys scones. are missing I mean, some comedy it's here. Oh, she is, she's worse than the dog, this one. She opens the cupboards to get her food and steals her food. Right, we'll go play together. Anyway, Spooks was great. Two years of how to survive in television, not knowing what's going to happen to your character. And I didn't really play the game right. I should have gone to all the script readings with a more present attitude. I was very passive and as a female that's not a great idea at all and as a young female that was a terrible idea. They didn't really know what to do with my character and I didn't really know what to do with the character either. Anyway, this audition for The Descent came up and it would clash with, I was optioned to do another series of spooks and I got The Descent and I, I said to Ruth, I just can't, I can't go back into spooks because I don't do anything now. I just pass people papers and answer yeah. the phone. That's my character. She's turned into a secretary. I was supposed to be a spy. Yeah. That's how it was sold to yeah. me. And now I watch everybody else do great work. And they were paying me good money, but mm -hmm. I didn't care. I wanted to act. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, um, be paid to wait around, have a retainer. So he let me go really easily. <laughs> <laughs> And they even bought me a spa day. That's how much they, like, wanted me to leave with grace, I suppose. They're like, yeah, see you, here's a spa. Which is really sweet, I guess. And then I went and did The Descent, and wow, that rocked my world. Because that was horror film, six girls. We didn't talk about men. Uh, yeah. There was a bit of a man thing in the middle, but he didn't appear. And it was really, it's about, for those of you that have not seen the movie, it's... um. It's about a group of six women that go spurlunking, which is um, caving. And they realise that they're lost, they're in the wrong cave, and they're not the only things in the cave. And it was directed by this guy called Neil Marshall, who had done Dog Soldiers um, quite close to that. And that was about a group of guys, a group of squaddies, and they're in the highlands, and they're all trapped in a house rather than a cave. And they realise that there's werewolves outside, but... With them, it was about how friendship, um, when you're faced with a common foe, your friends stick together, mm -hmm. the guys, whereas the girls, they were all faced with a common foe, and it was every 
woman person for themselves and things shattered and we just fought fought literally are we out yeah and it was great and people talk to me about it being about girl power and things like that and I hate that phrase it really bugs me that phrase I think because when girl power when the whole Spice Girls were happening it was still if you look at the Spice Girls now it seems so dated but I guess with you know their costumes and we've got to be very clear about who exactly we are so you can put us in a box yeah. girl part and that, I think that's why I've got a problem with it but actually you're not you're definitely not the only I'm one I'm not the only one no. um and people say it's a feminist movie and I'm like well that's really interesting because the girls are like really horrible to each mm-hmm. other at points and it's not because they're female it's because they've you know done something awful and we're uh you know fighting each other because it's complicated there's complicated issues going on within that story Mm -hmm. and it's a genre film but you cared about the characters they were layered neil marshall the director did told us he wanted it to be realistic people in an unrealistic situation so we absolutely played with that of course it's a horror film of course it's action so there's some elements that you know you we're not bear you're fine he wants us gone we're not making a documentary um it's not, you know, um, touching the void. Um, but we absolutely played it for real. And I think that's why it did so well. Mm-hmm. And it's why The Descent 2 was such a terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> because they lost the heart. They, f- they forgot what they were doing mm-hmm. with The Descent Part 2. And, um, and they kind of made it into the sort of action film with set pieces that the descent could have easily done but but they didn't it was a different director and it was just a different vision but there was just kind of no comparison hi beer i'll just give my dog a little cuddle he's feeling sad yeah, that that idea of um it being a feminist film and the the women fighting against each other is mm. really it's really interesting <laughs> because i kind of think we're really good at oh hi beer as you can't see these eyes, but if you could. He's after the scone. I might put the scone in the oven for a minute. Get him. Excuse me, I'm just going to my oven. <laughs> very women's hour now, isn't it? Yeah, very Which women's hour. Which I love. Are. Not, this is women's hour. Not at all. Um, I listened to her. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren was on today. She oh, was, was fantastic. She? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually quite excited about that film. I think we're going to yeah, see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, how often do we get a film with somebody in their 80s and somebody in their 70s as leads? Amazing, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that idea that, you know, the boys got to be comrades in yeah. arms and the girls mm. don't, or the women don't. I think that's strange. I know, it is odd. And also, do you know what was strange about the whole thing? Um, people's reaction to having six female casts. In uh, all, all our interviews were about, were, was there a bitchiness on set? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because we were doing our jobs, because we're professional. And... Uh, we happen to get on really well, but why would there be bitchiness? Yeah. And one idiot asked us if our periods were, you know, got in sing? sync. And I was like, for for a start, that takes at least six months, mate. But how? This is not appropriate questions. Yeah. It's totally inappropriate. Why are we talking about the blood that comes out of our vaginas in yeah. when we're doing the, you know, the press tour? Yeah. And this was in New York on a radio station. I was like, oh, wow. They wanted us to do kind of lads mags. God, I'm so glad they don't really exist anymore. Yeah. 
I was like, no, I'd rather do like Gardener's World. I just, I'm not doing it. I feel like an imposter and I don't want to, don't make me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. And we didn't. And we didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, and you do, you know, I signed, look, beer. I signed fan art and stuff. And there are pictures of us, you know, we are scantily clad. (laughs) But it could have gone so much the other way. And actually for the Descent part too, um, I wear so much more. I actually don't unzip my top. I've got this like long sleeve. As you can hear, Shauna's dog is getting a little bit agitated at this point. So we just took a short break so that Bear could get out the back and run about and play. We pick up just after this. So, so I was talking about the reaction that people had and how they treated us, the women, and how they wanted us to say that we fought and that our periods were totally in sync. And oh God. Uh, So that was a bit tedious, to be honest, but we managed to body swerve it. And um, it's now a cult movie that people absolutely love and respect. And and it's studied. The film is studied. People have told me they've written, you know, their thesis on it. And it's six strong females, which is brilliant, but really sad to think that it's still really unusual. Yeah. When was that, 2000? In five. Five? I was 23 and I'm 38 now and I have don't think I've read a similar script with strong females like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. In 15 years. I just have to write it. It's fine. I've got an idea for something. It's it's brewing. Great. Yeah. Do it ourselves. I know, but we've got to. I know. I know. And, that, you know, and uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, thank goodness that yeah. she's sort of doing it and she's had slack as well because she's got a bit of cash or she comes from yes. money. She's still a creative. She's still, yeah. she got her act together to get a friend show, she did, did a one-woman show, she and she she has an opportunity and she just takes the opportunities. And um, Someone mentioned about the men that are rich, that come from rich parents, mm. that I can think of, that have then made something happen. They don't talk about that so much. I know, it's yeah, funny so, that, isn't it? Yeah. want to bring, bring the women down. And we've got to be very careful that we don't bring women down as well yeah. yeah it's sort of set in our culture well is that just an excuse i don't know it's you, you sometimes have to you go to say something and you go no mm-hmm. it's almost like you're sort of reteaching yourself mm-hmm. sometimes yeah all the time i think that's true no i do think it is maybe not culturally it is set certainly socially it is put on us, I think, from an early age and we don't even realise yeah. it's happening yeah, yeah. a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the things that we watch when we were younger have lots of women always pitted against each other. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I know. Rather than them being in friendships yeah. and being by each other's side. So hopefully now there is a bit more of a shift. So after the descent... So after the descent, so I'll, I'll, I'll scoot forward. I started having children not long after the descent. I did... Uh, what did I... When did I start having kids? <laughs> My agent was thrilled. Um, I think I got pregnant at 25, which is a really good time to have a baby if you're an actor. And... Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and it was, you know, I... Went back to work maybe seven months after she was born to something called Bone Kickers and I had to go back and do the descent part too. And then after that, I kind of thought, you know what? I did a, a play as well and I thought, I just I'll have another kid. I want to just actually just chill out. So yeah. I had another kid and she was born. Oh. 
bear. You're so embarrassing. Come here. I'm going to have to take a picture of you, bear, for the Instagram. <laughs> it's going to have to happen. <laughs> so I had another one, and then it kind of was working out that Cal... Cal hang on. Oh, my God. I'll just let the dog out. It's life. That is life. life. It's usually three girls running around, so now you just deal with my my animals. Um, so I had when I had two kids, Cal, my husband, was working on um, television shows, and just made more sense for him to do more work and me to look after the kids. Mm. And I, I did bits and pieces here and there. Um, I did filth, which was great, and loads of things that I've forgotten. It's awful. And I was actually, it was actually a at filth, things were starting to sort of get back on track for me. And in terms of, you know, I was in, I was I had a really great role in a film playing James McAvoy's wife. Oh my God, I can't believe those words just came out <laughs> of my mouth. It was really great. I got to play the wife. Oh my God. A really famous person's wife. Oh, geez. <gasps> so exposing this persistent at nasty. It's great though. <laughs> oh. Anyway, at that time for me, coming out in motherhood, it was great. It was part of cattle. And um, and I just had sort of coming out of motherdom, um, which was great. And I love being with my kids. It's that, and I have a sort of Tourette's, or I used to have like a sort of mother Tourette's when I went into auditions. It's like, don't talk about the kids, don't talk about I've got two kids, oh, they're great. I say, oh, what are you doing? Just read the part. What? Why? Something weird happened to me. And I lost a lot of confidence, actually, after I had kids. Okay. And I thought I couldn't do it. And I um, I touched upon that I used to have a lisp. Well, I still, when I'm nervous or tired, it does come out. And my voice is, I've, is it's always been like the weakest part of my skill set, I suppose. And I have to actually work on it. And I remember when I, I got a part on stage... Um, when I'd had the two kids and I went back to see my old voice teacher and it was part of Mary Queen of Scots for Mary Queen of Scots got her head chopped, chopped off, off at the yeah. Royal Lyceum and it was an amazing part. It's a lead role and it's amazing. Yeah. And Liz Lockhead was there for the, some of the um, rehearsals and I just loved the character. And I went to see um, Ros Steen, who's an amazing voice coach. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, I'm really scared. My voice does not work anymore. And it kind of didn't work. It didn't work because it was... I hadn't used it mm-hmm. and I'd forgotten that I'd spent three years actually building it up and mm-hmm. getting it to work properly. And I, I didn't realise at that time, but I now know, I've never done the test, but I know I'm dyslexic. Um, oh, join the club. Yeah, Welcome to the family. Thank you. <laughs> so, and also when, you're, when I'm tired and, you know, you're not sleeping so much with the kids, things were a bit confusing and it's not, the dyslexia for me is not necessarily just when I'm reading something. I get like disorientation, which Mm -hmm. I've read an amazing book because you can borrow it if you want. It's called The Gift of Dyslexia. It's over there and it's brilliant. It talks a lot about disorientation and it says things like checkpoints are, do you need to, when you ask for a bus ticket or a train ticket or you have to ask someone for information, do you run through the information before you head before you say it? And I'm like, yeah, surely everybody does. No, no, they don't because they know they can just say it. Yeah. I was like, oh, do you go into a supermarket feeling really confused? I'm like, yeah. She's like, what? And I, I was speaking to friends about it. They're like, no, that's just you. That's just you. I'm like, oh, so I've got this way my brain works. Anyway, so I had to get I'm a hold messy. of... That's the other thing. I'm messy. Yes, like, I've, I've um, spent two hours tidying my house for this. <laughs> I'm messy and it's just that I like tidiness, but I just... Put things it. down, and yeah. my train of thought, and my husband. Oh my god, he says, 
he talks <laughs> he'll mention something that he did say 10 minutes before and I, I actually don't remember him saying it and I know I've got more in my head now because I run a yeah. business I've got the kids and what and so I am thinking about other stuff but I do find comprehension hard sometimes mm-hmm. and you've got this text and you've got a big stage and you've got to fill it with a big voice mm-hmm. and I was freaking out and Roz just sort of settled me and said look it's fine you just we can get there absolutely mm-hmm. but you need to do the work so it was great to be reminded actually you need to do the work mm-hmm. so it was great so I had I made a uh, Queen of Scots got head chopped off I had filth and I was actually in the airport about to fly out to Belfast to shoot a movie called Made in Belfast and I didn't feel right and I thought, oh, okay. So I went to Boots and I bought a wee stick and I was sitting in the cubicle in Edinburgh Airport with two blue lines oh. on this stick. And I'm like, what's going on? So um, I phoned my husband and the other pregnancies, you know, it's all set up. We've been trying. It's like this beautiful reveal. And I, you know, I'm like, oh my God, Callie. I'm like, oh my God. And um, so once that sort of settled in, once I sort of got my head around, so another baby is going to come. And when you're a pregnant actor, you don't tell anybody you're mm-hmm. pregnant. I made a mistake with the first pregnancy because it won't insure you. You're yeah. off the job. Yeah. Unless you're a famous name that will carry that through. So I made a very clear decision in my head not to tell anybody and to keep working. Mm-hmm. But that coincided with me about... So I did Made in Belfast and then I was about to do a one-woman show... <laughs> A one-woman show at the Traverse called Born to Run um, that was on a treadmill for 50 minutes. It was about an ultra-marathon runner. And at this point, I'd done an Ironman, actually, after my two kids. I was frustrated with not working, and I always have to be busy. And in my sleep-deprived state, I thought, I know, I'll train for an Ironman because... <laughs> I can get up really early and do the training. And do the training, and it'll be fine. And it was all fine. I, I did it anyway. So I was actually super fit, even though I was pregnant. And I did the one woman show, and it was great. It was rave reviews, and and um, it was it's it's amazing to it's amazing being pregnant. It's amazing giving birth, but it's amazing actually just doing stuff like. Um, Serena Williams. Hello. Yeah. I spoke to Liz McColgan, who I got to know through charity running when I had my first kid. And I said, how long did, do you leave it? She's got five kids, by the way. Oh, does she? Yeah. Five? Yeah. Wow. Five. And Ailish McColgan, her eldest, is an amazing runner. Yes. And she's won titles like five weeks after she's given birth. And I said, how long do you leave it after you've had a kid before you go for a run? And she went, well... It's different, it's, you know, it varies, but I would say 24 hours for me. And I'm like, okay, I've asked the wrong person. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, 24 hours. But I love that, you know, we've got these amazing strong bodies Mm -hmm. and we can do fantastic things. And that show um, just sort of made it very secure in my head that I had this strong body. I was growing a life in it as well, but I could, you know run for 50 minutes and talk yeah. and do a one woman show which is very scary mm. and uh, so that gave me a lot of confidence and sort of and I think the more you do the more you can do and I yeah. always believe that and then you get yourself into a bit of a rut and you realise you're totally um, you know you've you've taken on so much <laughs> that you're about to explode <laughs> which I've gotten myself into situations like that um, 
that's my dog playing with something. But if he's happy and if it's not, no, it's totally shall fine. we? It so be, that yeah, it should be fine. So we'll just leave him to do that. Um. So baby number three came along, who's just was gorgeous and it was like a surprise present. And I remember bringing her back from the hospital and just thought it was such a gift that I didn't know I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care that it was really badly timed. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was brilliant. And it has been brilliant. And I've got three daughters, very King Lear and uh, very Chekhov. And it's dramatic, but it's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I try to be a good mum. And I, but I do want to still be an actor and I now run Edinburgh Youth Theatre as well and I've got all these things going mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to do it to the best of my ability but yeah. sometimes it is a bit of a wow well, I've taken on quite a lot yeah <laughs> but <laughs> there was a point in the fringe I did an amazing show this fringe called she did Ma- and it was amazing called Mouthpiece and she was amazing <laughs> which is brilliant uh, amazing writer Kieran Hurley yes. wrote an amazing part it's I'm actually 38 the character's 46 and I kept hinting in the rehearsal room that obviously I didn't look 46 no, you don't look so I would have to change the 30. and I actually the character says I am 46 and I thought surely I could change to 42 anyway they didn't go with that so anyway but an amazing piece of um text to read as someone who's you know in their mid-career whatever you call that I don't know but approaching 40 this character was just a gift but I was getting myself in this crazy situation where my Edinburgh Youth Theatre also had a show on at the fringe and I had directed it and I was like oh my god how is this going to work so I would go to their venue and uh, Traverse rotates their shows so you're on at a different time so I would go into uh, off the Royal Mile, the space. I'd do a production of Annie with the kids, make sure they're fine. It, it was all good, and then I'd go and do this horrifically, like emotional, demanding, technically, um, kind of inspiring but so scary piece. Mm-hmm. And I could, and I just did it, and then I'd come home and I'd look after the kids, or you know. And there was stuff going on with the family as well. My auntie um, sadly passed away as well, so there was loads of stuff going on. But you just what is great getting older and doing more of your craft is that you know you can do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you come out of drama college and you think you've got to go into some sort of weird sensory memory. <laughs> I'm, I can't believe they're still teaching that. It's I like, know. where on a set are you going to mm-hmm. be able to, to think that. about the feelings you felt when you were five? And also the fact that they still teach it and there's no support once yes. they kind of open you up that day and then just leave you. That's and you're it. kind of just this really dangerous... Orla O'Loughlin, who directed, um, um, I was going to say The Descent, that's weird, um, Mouthpiece. Um, <laughs> Orla was on our first panel at the festival. Oh, she's actually. amazing. She's and yeah. obviously she teaches uh, in Rosebrief, not Rosebrief, Guildhall, Guildhall, Guildhall. And she is up for just transforming how it, acting is taught. Yes. Thank goodness. Because yes. for a start, can you please make sure that your actors come out with a decent showreel? Mm-hmm. Because they don't need a three-minute Shakespeare monologue. No. They need like something that they can send out. Say, this is what it looked like in different lighting, playing different characters. Yeah. I don't understand why that doesn't exist. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a so, really good point. Yeah, you know, and the little everybody listens. And then you've got to wait to get a professional job to do a showreel. Yeah. So you've got to wait to be on set where it's so busy. You've never been on set before. It's technically 
different Mm -hmm. and you don't have a clue and the chance of you giving a really good performance on your first time on set is pretty slim Mm -hmm. but then that is what your showreel is going to be you looking a bit shocked (laughs) shocked in doctors you know (laughs) (laughs) you know anyway so that's my bugbear about um, drama gorgeous so that's fairly sort of up to date ish is it yeah, I've done no, it's good. lots no, of other stuff. I but... just wanted to pick up on something that you said about, you know, like, you still want to be an actor. Yeah. I think that you, I mean, you are an actor. But, you know, I think that you can only be the best mum that you can be, I say this as somebody who doesn't have children, mm. if you're being who you truly are. And if you're an actor, then Yeah, surely... I know. It's, yeah, that's, Yes, yes and no. Okay. Um, so when I got pregnant with Jesse, my mum said, listen, don't worry, I'll, I can come with you. Because um, we kind of took for granted, because Cal's an actor as well, there would be periods that there would be solo parenting, that I'll come and help. And she did in the beginning. Um, but just, you know, her health and stuff is just... And she helps me all the time, but she's just next door. Mm-hmm. But so her coming on, you know... On, on tour with me is a completely different thing. The thing is, when you're working in film, there's now movements about reasonable working hours and thank goodness and, and childcare child and a childcare bus that comes yes. to the set. But when I had kids, you chose to either go to work or see your kids. You didn't really do both. If you were working, I guess, a lead part in a film or a television series, because the hours they're mm-hmm. so unsociable and it's really hard to get uh child care i did a, a film called howl and i was in australia um cal was filming something called banished and that we had uh three kids at that point and i wasn't really into getting back to work because i had three kids one was only one and i was quite enjoying just actually being in australia knowing my agent wasn't going to call me mm-hmm. to for me then to have to go to an audition then for me to th- sort of weigh it all up in my head whether the agony of not seeing the kids was worth the money you know mm-hmm. so I was like okay I'm out of the country it's fine I'm across the other side of the world it's fine anyway I get a Facebook message from my pal Paul Hyatt who did all the special effects makeup on on the descent right. he did all the crawlers all the monsters and he said I've, I've written a movie I really want you to be in it this is your part come and have some fun I was like oh god Oh no! And it's really hard to say no to work. Mm-hmm. It's easier to say no to an audition, but when someone's saying, "This is your," it's basically turning money down as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh god! I was like, I'm in Australia. I, I'm Cal's going to be in Australia when you're filming. When I come back, how am I going to do? It? Anyway, I spoke to an amazing actress, uh, Gwenevieve, and I can't remember her last name, but she was amazing and banished, very famous. Anyway. She had both her kids over in Australia with her and she had a nanny helping her out. And she said to me, Shauna, take the job and it'll be fine and you will sort out the childcare and they will be fine, but take the job. I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And she was, speaking from experience, she was a little bit older than me. She said, there won't be work for us to come back to. You have to remain present with people. People have very short memories. Mm So for that one, I did, and it was, I got a spot on my face that was so big, I went to the doctors crying, saying, give me antibiotics. I mean, it's not going to help, but it was like this, it was like all my stress had sort of 
gone into a massive crater yeah. on my face that was casting a shadow. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't film on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so the doctor sort of looked at me with, you know, pity and gave me probably a placebo. And I was I was phoning my agent. I was supposed to travel down on the Saturday and I was phoning her on the Friday. And it was about whether my baby could come to set. So I'd managed to... My mum was taking the big two. The baby was coming down to, with me to London, to Croydon. I was going to get a nanny, a 24-hour nanny. Well, not 24 hours, I'd be home at night. And uh, But only on the proviso, I would only do the job if I could see my baby every lunchtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my agent was on the phone on Friday saying, like, the producers have said that's not going to happen. I said, well, I'm not doing the job. She says, it's fine, Shauna, go down. It will be fine once you speak to people face to face. But this is the situation. It's not going to happen. I was like, Ruth, I am so stressed out. Cal is in Australia. I have two kids that I'm about to leave with my mum mm-hmm. and I'm taking my baby down to leave with someone I've never fucking met yeah. and I'm trying to do a film and now this asshole producer yeah. who's a guy is telling me I cannot see my baby at lunch and she went, oh, Shauna, I know, it's really hard but that is being a working mum in the film business. And I was like, oh God. And she was right. She And for me, it was at that moment and even we've come on, that was five years ago, we've come on since then and at the end... I had to just sign a waiver saying I was solely responsible for the life of my child. When I was like, of course I am. Of yeah. course I'm solely responsible for the life of my child should she happen to trip over a cable, which she can't, by the way, because she can't really walk yet. <laughs> oh, anyway, so that month was spent me going down with my baby. Amazing woman, Nanny Jerry, Irish lady, saved my life came and met me in Croydon with like bags of toys she's like oh you'll be fine just off you go and she just the baby had a great time would come and see me at lunch at the beginning and then I realized pretty quick that that was just too disruptive because she would be crying so much when she left so she had to deal with absence again Mm -hmm. in the middle of the day I uh, almost got oh no I did get mastitis I've had mastitis so many times trying to work on a film um, I've sprayed breast milk all over Jason Isaacs in a sex scene once because I was like, "Listen, guys, I really need to shoot this. I really need to go. And I need to. I need to pump my. Okay, never mind. All <laughs> 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 over Jason Isaacs. <laughs> so he thought it was funny. I said, "It's yeah. fine. I feel a bit weird, but <laughs> I didn't know." So, you know, there's all these things. And I I actually still don't know how I feel about working um, and being a mum because it's I want to see my kids and I want to work and I just want the industry to sort it out so I can do that. Yeah. And also, it would be really nice if there was more going on in Scotland. And when I moved up, I think also when I'm looking back when the kids were really wee, the option was you're filming you're not going to be filming in Scotland there's nothing here so if you're taking a job you're going away mm-hmm. and can you take all your kids or are you just going to leave your kids how long is the job yeah you know how much are they going to miss me how much do they need me oh god they need me I can't do the job so there was a few auditions that I did turn down a couple of Nina Gold auditions <laughs> that I went I don't want to meet this team because I know I'm going to say no to this amazing job mm-hmm. should I be lucky enough to get it and I don't want to have to explain that I love my kids more at the moment. Yeah. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Or I need them more. Mm-hmm. 
So it's always, it's just, there's no sort of balance. But do you know what? On that job I was talking about, I broke even because I had to pay for... the nanny? Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't give me... They gave me a place to stay, actually, but that's what you tend to do. They gave me a bigger place because I had kids, and actually the the other two came down, Cal finished, and was filming in Manchester, so could be home anyway. So they gave me a house, which was great, but of course, of course, I'm always so grateful, and I'm like, no, stop, of course, you want me for your film. You've said Shauna be in my film. Mm-hmm. Fine. This is what I named it. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you so much for the house. I'm like, what? No, Shauna. Demand yeah. the nanny fee. Do you think that's um, been an actor? Do you think that's been a female? It's been a female actress. And I, when I started, uh, there was hardly any females on the crew. And if they were on the crew, they were in costume and makeup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've only worked with one female television director I hope that's right I hope I'm remembering correctly I've never worked with a female cinematographer I know they exist but I've still to work with one Uh, I've worked with lots of female producers thank Mm -hmm. goodness Um, so there's more of a presence so you hope that there's more of an understanding of and I know that guys do a lot of the parenting as well Mm -hmm. and they would like childcare as much as we would like childcare but I always felt so grateful about getting the part. And I think as an actress as well, you're kind of, that's kind of what you're told. It's very hard, steep competition. You're really lucky to get this part. Mm. You know, don't piss anyone off. (laughs) Don't get too fat. You know, do you know what I mean? It's all this, why don't we make you so small that we can barely see you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the weight thing. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, it's awful. Yeah. And it was really bad when I started, because um, I've been doing it since I was 16, because mm-hmm. I'd got a film called uh, The Debt Collector when I was 16. So I've been doing it for a really long time. And, yeah, it's it's changed. It has changed. But I see these girls coming out and I, of drama college, and I just want to shake them and go, just do your job. Just act. Be the best actor you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I read something that uh, Zoe Ashton, there was an interview with Zoe, if I pronounce her name right, Zoe, Um, and she said to her pal, she was about to do a film, and she said, oh mate, I've just eaten all the cheese and drank all the wine, oh god, because she was feeling like bigger than she wanted to feel, and her mate said, right, fine, you've eaten all the cheese and you drank all the wine, whatever, but you'll be the actor that's read the, the script 17 times. Mm-hmm. you'll be that actor you'll be the actor that comes in with really creative ideas mm-hmm. you're going to be that actor you're going to be the actor that understands the whole arc of the story you'll be that actor mm-hmm. who cares that you drank all the cheese drank all the cheese drank, drank all the wine and ate all the cheese do whatever you Zoe yeah. can do it. she can drink the cheese if she wants she's amazing yeah. she's a writer and she's fantastic she's a trailblazer I honestly think she's someone to watch and she's she's right can we stop getting hung up about being thankful for what we should absolutely get. Funny how we go on to appearance. For me now, because um, I, I remember after having my kids, you just I just felt, I don't know. I used to always want to be like an eight or a ten, but that was always, I was like, why? Why? Who gives a shit? And there's a lot of work 
involved in that but I actually did love running Mm -hmm. that sort of saved me sort of mental health wise I was really I was into running so I've always been quite fit for me now my hang up is looking older and having wrinkles and um just being the old the mum I'm always cast as the mum now and I would love to celebrate it more but why don't I like the look of my face as it's gotten older. What is it about wrinkles that offend me? And I don't know what it is. And I know, like, Angelina Jolie loves her hands because it's all about, you know, she can see her, her life in her hands. And I'm like, I can see my life in my head, in my forehead, but I don't like it. I don't need <laughs> I know I've not slept. I know I've had three kids. I know I'm stressed because I can see it in my head. You know? It's so funny because I look at you and I'm just like, you're absolutely stunning. Oh, and I don't shut see. Up. You know. <laughs> oh, shut up. Uh, no, I, but I do know and I don't, like, I don't see what you see then. Do you know what? When I'm in a job, when I'm working, I don't think about these things. Mm, it's when you're not. Yeah, and I am currently unemployed. <laughs> oh, the joys. The joys. I've got a bit of work coming up, but it's not enough to. I mean, we've, I've got work next year, but I've got too much time to think oh, maybe it's that, or maybe it's because I'm getting older. And actually, there is a bit of truth. Maybe that is it. We talked a wee bit before we turned the mic on about parts, and mm-hmm. there's just less parts as well. So there is the paranoia. Like, Do you remember when Desperate Housewives came out? Mm-hmm. And it was all about these women in their 40s. Mm-hmm. None of them looked like that. No. They all looked like so polished, and they weren't a true representation. So... um. Until we, like, we, we look at amazing um, Nordic, uh, like, uh, the killing and uh, the bridge and, you know, you have, like, normal-looking people mm-hmm. in these, you know, Swedish and Danish yeah. productions. And you're like, oh, wow, why can't we have normal-looking people? Why can't everybody be represented? Yes, yeah. and it's changed slightly. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't like that um, when I started, and it has... It has changed, but this uh, era, the eyebrow era, it's weird. And all these sort of reality television shows. Yeah. So, Love Island. Oh, I don't watch it. No, I've never seen it. And I've got really great pals who are really creative and who loved it. And I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not going to buy into it. I don't want to. It's about your bodies and... I just don't want to be well, part yeah, of that. The, the, like I'm the same, and also I find out. Um, so the girls have to sign a contract that during the day they can only wear swimwear. See, it's objectified them, and yeah. you're going to do that because you want to be famous. Famous, yeah. and you're doing that to probably are they vulnerable? Are they young? I don't know. When can you say that's? Oh well, they knew what they were doing. They signed the contract. That, that's why I couldn't watch. I've never seen Game of Thrones because I couldn't get through the first episode because all these young girls with their tits out. And I'm like, she looks a bit awkward. I wonder how comfortable she was mm-hmm. doing that. And I actually, and I love Simone Perry Hind who, um, yeah. who uh, is a casting agent, and she has come to me a couple of times for Outlander. I've still to get a gig. Anyway, the last time she came to me for a part, it was just a small like almost comedy role and I had to have a romp with someone and I said to my agent kind of jokingly but serious about it but joking that it would never get to this I said oh just so you know uh, my tits will be a deal breaker I'm not getting my tits out for this part she went okay let me get back to you I said what 
So she went back and went, no, I'm sorry, it is a real bit breaker. There will be a nudity clause. I says, well, I'm not doing the part then. You don't need to see my boobs bouncing about for this tiny supporting role mm-hmm. where it's a romp, where there's, you know, revealing the breast. Don't tell anything about the story. Yeah. And I've done, you know, I've... If you Google me hard enough, you'll be able to see my tits, you know. <laughs> but... <laughs> I've done jobs yeah, where I say they are enough. Google hard enough, Google really hard. <laughs> um, it's always, it's funny. I've made decisions. I made a decision once that I'd had a baby and I should feel comfortable with my body, and I and I did it. And I said I only did it because I thought I should be feeling something, and I wasn't feeling it. So now I'm very strict with it. Like if if it's good for the story, yeah. then yes. Yeah. And otherwise, well, no. Completely Why? Agree with that. Yeah, why do we need to... I've never watched Game of Thrones either. Same thing. I did the first episode, same thing. And I was just like, "Mm." I've been Mm. told it gets really good. I know, Everybody (laughs) I know is like, you really should. I think you'd really like it. And I'm like, "Mm." Yeah. I know, it's a real... um, The part situation, I think, for those of us in our 30s and kind of 40s... um, I'm just going to shut that door. it's fine. It's really a, it's a tricky one because it doesn't feel like there is enough and we're not being represented. And as you say, you're just getting the mum part. Yeah. When you're so much... I did, a, I recently did something... Alongside that. Well, I, I'd, and you're only as big as the your next job and I understand that. And um, the horror world has been so um, good to me and they respect me. And I went to South Korea <laughs> a couple of years ago and... Apparently, I'm known there. I didn't know that. I had no idea. And I was treated like, I guess you should argue, you could argue how I should be treated, like someone who knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was on a panel of filmmakers talking about um, females in, in genre filmmaking. And I was sitting next to a South Korean filmmaker and a Spanish filmmaker and we were talking about our experiences and I thought oh this is amazing wow they're listening to me you know and then I come back and then I go down for auditions for the wife and you will see me fairly soon in a in a television show and I'm playing the wife that died (laughs) in a mysterious accident and I was on the set and I did wife. I did wife. And I was on the set and um, the director came up to me and instead of saying to me, Shauna, look, I'm sorry, but... And they paid me really well for this job. I was like, why are you getting me to do this? It's just one day's filming. Um, Shauna, um, what I think your character would do is make a cup of tea and you would be in the back of the shop making the cup of tea and what you would do I think your character would go to the fridge realise there's no milk then cross over to the counter looking for a cup and then go back to the other side looking for some sugar and then go back and wash and I'm like you just want me to colour the back of the shot just don't patronise me in trying to make this something that it's not like you've got a good actor to colour your shot Mm -hmm. and and that had come after the producer had come to set and said I'm so sorry we're short of time we're going to have to cut scene 25 and I looked at my script and said that's the one where all my lines are that's why I did this job so I end up doing a tiny part and I'm colouring the back of the shot and I'm playing someone's wife and it's a slow tracking shot on the lead guy doing a monologue 
doing a monologue and I'm making a cup of tea in the back and I'm trying my best to be professional and not allow my anger at the situation. I'm trying, why am I angry about it? Why am I angry about it? And like, you've cut, you've taken a scene out um, because of your bad scheduling and I am colouring the back of the shot. I've won a BAFTA. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's no other parts. And yeah. I had to go down to London for that audition. They wouldn't accept tapes, even though it was a Scottish character. And they were, it was set in Edinburgh. And how strange they wouldn't accept tapes because now... Mm. Well, this was recently. But yeah, that's what... Exactly. Like. I, and the, yeah. Maybe do a scout. I mean, they want to meet the person, but I'm like, well, that's... I get that. That's, nice. that's a 12-hour round trip and it's 160 quid. Yeah. And I've turned auditions down because I couldn't afford to go. Mm. There was a time where Cal and I were so skint and I was working in a bagel shop and I was being a support worker for um, young adults with autism and I was doing teaching and we were just trying to scrape money together and I was in Star Wars and I couldn't go and see it because I could not afford the ticket and uh, some auditions came up one with Des Hamilton who's a great casting agent Mm -hmm. um, who's got me really far in auditions I don't think I've ever managed to bag his role bag his role (laughs) (laughs) he'd love me to bag his role Um, (laughs) to bag a role Um, but uh, he cast for Lars von Trier and I met Lars over in Lars best pals in Copenhagen anyway he does great stuff he wanted me to come down and it was a page and a half a scene a page and a half and I said I can't afford to come I can't afford to please can I go on tape and they came back and said no you have to come down I was like oh well that's not making it really inclusive is it out of all and the years I've auditioned for this guy since I was 19 actually I thought oh surely you could have worked you could have fought harder for me mm-hmm. with that director yeah. I felt I didn't hear the conversation going on on the other side but I thought come on there has to be give and take because this industry uh, it's frowned upon if you have other jobs yeah, like it's frowned I know that's outrageous it's disgusting yeah. job shaming and yeah. it for because it's a female as well and, yeah. and she is providing for, for her, her bloody family. for yeah. her children I mean I, I Good just have honor. never seen the thing and I thought, oh, I bet you if she'd have been signing up for benefits, you'd have ran a story on that. Oh, so she's just... in a no-win situation because but it's she's becoming a job. It's like... for the elite now. It's yes. for the rich people, yeah. this industry. Yeah. Like, the fringe has become a bit like that. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford to lose a lot of money at the fringe, then you can't really can't bring a show. Yeah. And uh, the cost of... Uh, I know you don't have to go to drama college to be an actor, but the cost of even attending mm-hmm. an audition at drama well, college. Yeah, yeah it's like, what, I think they do... Do they do... Some bursaries. They may do some bursaries. Eighty pounds to audition at RCS. I mean, ugh. it was twenty five when I auditioned. Yeah, same here. I was just like, wow. I know. I know. Never yeah. mind if you're then going to even think about going down to schools in London. No, you can't. Of, yeah, it is. It's becoming too. Yeah, for the elite. Like, I looked into to do a masters. I know this is a different thing because I should have chosen what I wanted to do. I looked into a, a masters in theatre directing. Although my friend, who's a great Candice Edmonds, who's a great director, who I trained as an actor with, um, she said, "Shana, you've actually Fox directed Moses. quite Fox Motors. Yeah. Um, you've directed quite a lot, and I have. And I just, I think part of me just wanted to hide and learn mm-hmm. without having." And it was like £13,000. I says, well, who does these? And yeah. she said, well, rich people, Shauna. Yeah. It's hard to start another career alongside it because it has to be something you can drop. Exactly. So, going on to... So, this youth theatre yes. that I... 
now and the artist oh look I've got my mug you do have your mug like, I didn't notice earlier my, I was a like, student yeah. of mine Molly uh, her mum and dad work in the printers and uh, or own the printers but they, she gave me that and she said that she wants to be like me when she's older <laughs> <laughs> it's like you fool. Yeah. yeah, I do that a lot when the kids are like, "Yeah, really? no, no." <laughs> so yeah, so um, uh, my kids went to this local like drama club called Porty Youth Theatre uh, five years ago, and the girl who run it, Lara Bross, who is now Bross Bagels, Mama Bross. Uh, I don't know if you've had those delicious bagels. Um, she ran it, and she was off to have her second kid, and I said, "Well." I'll, uh, I'll go in your class because I didn't want the kids to stop going to drama because they seemed to really like it but it was really small and so I just took these classes on a Saturday um, an hour each for however long it was and then Lara and I teamed up with Tribe Porty and we asked for funding from the National Lottery and they gave us £49,000 and we're like oh we've got to take this seriously so we did amazing things we made, we made a feature film with the kids oh, the kids did all these amazing and uh, we did trips and um just got in lots of professionals and just did great stuff mm-hmm. kept the fees super low and then all that money ran out because we were not managers and um uh lara went on to do be you know an amazing entrepreneur and there was a decision time where I thought at that time we had about 65 kids come each week. I thought, I can either stop, mm-hmm. which is really hard because I know them personally mm-hmm. and I'll see them in the playground and their little faces. I can't yeah. handle mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Or I can just keep going and make it better. And I uh, teamed up with a, a childhood pal of mine who was working for us at that time, Joe Jeffries, who's a dancer, and we changed our name to Edinburgh Youth Theatre, and it's just we've now got two hundred kids that come every week, wow. which is yeah. brilliant. We do a pay what you can scheme, um, because it came very evident to us that we would go into administration if we didn't, if we didn't increase our fees because mm-hmm. we're not funded. And I hated doing it, but I live in you could see these are nice houses that I live around, and um, our business uh, advisor who we've got now who's fantastic, Callum Fleming, said, look, your clientele that you've got here in Portobello can afford the classes. Mm-hmm. Put the fees up to a reasonable amount. It's nothing like stagecoach and peak. It's not like that. And offer a pay-what-you-can scheme. So everybody still can come. Um, but the people that have more pay for the people yeah. that can. And it's been brilliant. And we are... And how wonderful is that? It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And um got... Uh, kids that now come from way out with Portobello we've got kids that need additional um, support and we provide that because we can because we can afford to get extra leaders in and you know do all that and um, it's just been phenomenal James McAvoy is our patron Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and I said um, I asked him to do us a favour I think it was about a year ago he was on this massive tour can't remember which of his many movies it was now <laughs> to be honest and I said please can you just do a little piece to camera and send it the kids would totally love it and it kind of was for the kids and then I posted it on Twitter and 60,000 views later I'm like oh wow. I forget how famous he is because he's just sort of my mate from yeah <laughs> you kind of go oh yeah oh yeah. yeah 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 I oh yeah I understand anyway so 
Um, it's almost at a point, well, it is actually at a point that I don't actually have to teach any of the classes. And the plan was after the summer that I wouldn't teach and I would just artistically, you know, run it. Mm-hmm. But I, ugh, I can't, I just sort of, I'm still trying to stay in it. But I do actually after Christmas, um, because I'm going away with mouthpiece and because um, we're going to Adelaide and Auckland, I don't think it's fair for me to, I think I need to get like a permanent leader to take my place rather than cover all the time I've kind of managed um to things have just fallen into place where I've managed just to get cover for my classes and still do great stuff with the with the students but I don't know I think I'm pushing it it's a delicate balance because you want more work but I like my life Mm -hmm. I've, I've I've got great kids a great business Edinburgh Youth Theatre that is just so inspiring and it saved me creatively Mm because I was writing stuff all the time and then I realized like I found all these scripts like 15 scripts I'd written for kids and it's a challenge because you've got however many kids in the class and you've got to write something funny and engaging and inspiring and everybody's got to have their moment to Mm -hmm. say something and we don't do you know (laughs) fairies and castles and dragons well I don't I come in and I do really (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've got Douglas Maxwell I love Douglas Maxwell we're doing um, his stuff at the moment and we did something called um, uh, DNA which is an amazing play oh amazing and I could see there's an incident with a plastic bag mm-hmm. and it's quite a dark play it's really funny yes. and we did it with three different casts same class but three different casts so everybody could have a go on over a course of three weeks because it's every week and it was so funny depending on how they timed it it was either really funny or utterly dark (laughs) (laughs) and these are really they're young teenagers and there was one particular performance and it was going dark because the timing just wasn't that comedy timing and I was looking at the parents faces and all I could think was oh my god we've still got to do the plastic bag over the head (laughs) oh no But do you know what the kids Love it. loved yeah. it, and the, I teach them about. I kind of when I started, I thought, okay, what did I learn at the academy? Mm-hmm. Um, and I taught them all about Brecht and Chekhov and Shakespeare and all, and you know contemporary. Uh, so, and I do a lot of filming with them, and we now do stand up comedy and amazing. We now do musical theatre, and I hate. I did not want to do it just because I'm not a musical theatre mm-hmm. person, and I thought I don't want that to be part of our brand, but. My colleagues were like, the kids love, love it, it. Shauna. Yeah. Just do a class of musical theatre. They, they love, love it. it. <laughs> they do love it. Yeah. Dear Evan Hansen's a great one. Oh, a, oh really? Yeah, it's really good. Dear Erin Hansen. Evan Hansen. Evan Hansen. Okay, yeah. brilliant. So it's all about a young boy who's at school and then he's the kind of outsider and then the kind of popular boy ends up killing himself and he makes up that, <gasps> oh, they, brilliant. They, makes up that they were friends. Oh, <gasps> It's really good. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I think I think you're the kids would because love I know it. that um, the kids that I teach have done it in other classes. Kids are so engaged now and you cannot and I don't think you ever could, but I cannot patronise them Mm-mm. at all. And um we were looking at um Man Cub by Douglas Maxwell and it's about a boy who thinks he's turning into a rhinoceros. And I was saying feel like such a fool to say this but I've said you know it could be about you know anything you've got to find the subtext or the what the, the writer's trying to say and you know it could be that he feels that you know uh he the world's out of control 
or you know it could be something political and they just looked at me and says it's about being transgender Shona and I was like oh god (laughs) (laughs) yes it is yeah and you know at that time who knows what Douglas Maxwell was thinking but mm-hmm. that's not the point it's trying to get the kids to think about what yeah, yeah and the ideas and we devise a lot and oh, they're just brilliant I love that part of my life and I, I love being able to speak about it mm-hmm. because when I go into the profession like a BAFTA Scotland last night mm-hmm. I can't talk about being an educator because it's so frowned upon and they I think know. I have not made it or or I'm about to not make it, or maybe I shouldn't be making it because I'm teaching it. It's so frustrating. And um, ironically, when guys give back, like I did, Jack Loudon's amazing, but we both did the screen um, uh, masterclass. And the chat, the sort of support that he got versus me, and I know that he's recently been in a lot more big blockbustery mm-hmm. stuff than I have at the moment so maybe it's an unfair example but I just sort of sense maybe it was my spider senses sort of going ooh mm. or my paranoia senses so I'm thinking I'm feeling that people aren't taking me seriously why is that hmm interesting I've been doing this for a lot longer mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about mm-hmm. filming in the industry mm-hmm. and I have actually been teaching kids coming up with the curriculums <laughs> teaching them amazing stuff yeah. running a business yeah um, I think I should be plaudited. Why am I not? <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, so you should be applauded because it is really important. What I think is really important what we're what we do when we um, inspire and give. Yeah, that chance for kids to be creative and yes. learn different things and find out who they are because it's such a hard world that they live in. Absolutely, um, and and the arts funding is getting cut, cut all, the time. all the time. And we're going into schools and we went into we're doing outreach projects and we're going into Craig Royston, and it's hard because they don't have money. Well, actually, Craig, there's some schools that depends on the catchment and stuff, and but it's so hard to sort of help because you need funding to go in and 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 do that and you know there's kids that have no idea about what a a theatre is um what a play looks like that they're allowed to know about these things Mm -hmm. that they're actually allowed in art gallery it's funny mouthpiece talks about this a lot about access to the arts and um it's so uh i'd it's so important to people's well-being to have access to creativity. And why are we stopping people mm-hmm. having that? Why are we putting the arts further down than English and maths yeah. in terms of what should be taught and what kids should have experiences in? <clears throat> because your emotional well-being after seeing an amazing film or even a great 20-minute television thing or looking at a bit of art and going wow I don't know what that means but there's something going on in my stomach and my throat that Mm -hmm. you know emotional Mm -hmm. reactions to things yeah yeah so um I'm really passionate about making sure that the kids at Edinburgh Youth Theatre get a great experience but it's not about that really just it's about doing outreach stuff to make sure lots of people Mm -hmm. um have access to it yeah because yeah. it doesn't seem like um, they're you're, you're getting enough in schools. Yeah, agreed, and it is. Yeah, it's so important. 
So, uh, just because we've got a couple of minutes left, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, women that you admire within the industry. Tilda Swinton. Oh my gosh, I love her so much. Amazing. Whenever I think, how should I wear my hair? My oh, just Tilda it. Oh yeah. What kind of dress should I? Just Tilda it. How should I act? like the best you could ever act in your life just try and tilde it and if you can learn Italian as well like Tilda does yeah oh she's just amazing I think she's just everything she does she's just um and you know that phrase that gets frowned upon character actor mm-hmm. so but she is she changes in every single thing she does she's completely unrecognizable and completely believable yeah and I just love her and I think if you're going to be inspired by someone you should be inspired by someone that you think you could never ever ever be as good as because if you sort of get halfway there then you're doing good Mm. I just think she's brilliant yeah Yeah. I almost had a chance to meet her there was this dinner thing and I I I can't remember what fell through our end it was probably work or childcare, and I didn't get to meet her because I couldn't go but part of me was a bit relieved because I think I wouldn't know what to say yeah, <laughs> and I would sound like it was at the Baftas last night. There were some amazing actors. The Daddy Girls were there, oh, and uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to go and tell them how much I loved them, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't, and I should have, but I, I didn't quite know how to say it. And I think with Tilda, it would be like that would be magnified, and there would probably be a restraining order or something because <laughs> I would look mad. I think we do that though. We don't tell people what we really think about them. I think that's a I don't know if it's a societal, cultural thing or whatever. Because I'm now trying to do that thing of when I see something or I like something, I'm just you going tell to tell them. them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like just so, uh, last week when I was in London, I saw this girl and she had like the most amazing, like she just had the most amazing look. Mm. And we're on the tube, and I was like, will I say it? Will I not? Will I say it? Will I not? I'm just going to say it and I just was like I just tapped her and I was like can I just say I'm just loving everything about you today you look amazing oh that's and she amazing just went, oh thanks so oh, much oh brilliant and I was like no problem that's amazing that's brilliant I'll do it I guess last night it felt it would have been sycophantic because there was loads of people and I thought there's going to be loads of people going up to them saying that. And I always think you can tell genuine when... Yeah, you can. Not. You can. You totally can. Right, I'm doing it. I'm going to have to do it. Right, I'll tweet them. I'll call them. I'll find their numbers. Tweet them, call <laughs> them, do it all. Go, guys, I didn't say it last night, but I want to tell you now. Um, is there anything that you... Any production, any play, any role that you still want that you haven't had yet? I don't know why I'm hung up upon this, but I'd like to play Hedda Gabler. And I know it's kind of... Like, you have to dust the cobwebs off it. It's not very... Uh, Smith to do an adaptation of oh it. yeah it'd be amazing I actually did go up for it once there was a production at the Lyceum that I didn't get um, and I just I've never seen it done right mm-hmm. <laughs> or my way and I just uh, would maybe, really love to get to my direct it as well then I don't I think directing yourself in something is really hard because what you think you're portraying well Lawrence Olivia did it all the time was he any good though? We're, he's a, become a myth. This is, this is a good question. <laughs> Where's the footage? I'll tell you if he's any good. <laughs> Shite. Yeah, next. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, Steph Smith could write. It's funny, when we were doing mouthpiece and we were talking about how my character would dress, I suddenly realised I'm just making her look like Steph Smith. <laughs> 
<laughs> she'd have like peroxide hair and she'd be like really cool and she probably got tattoos we can't see them and <laughs> she'd go for the red lip and oh she's yeah. really cool i love her i love her work i read um enough i got to do uh, some development work and brilliant just her writing couldn't get a ticket for love nor money oh. the festival um i actually really love the travs um collection this year the festival it yeah was really it was really cute, strong really strong yeah. and lots of females which yes really yeah that's so true yeah. directed by written Goodbye. by starring yeah. yeah no that's so true it was really really great um i mean john i could literally keep talking to you forever but you have children who are at school who yes collected yeah. so uh, <laughs> uh my last thing that i'm going to ask you is we ask everybody this what does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you i think you have to keep going and keep going and keep going and and if people don't hear you you say it louder and if people still don't hear you just get a bit nasty about it <laughs> amazing i mean i think we might have to do a part two with shona there's so much more i'm going to talk to you about but anyway thank you so much thank you elena thank it was amazing you. Well, <laughs> stay nasty guys